0: You're listening to Seattle's Master Composter Podcast. Today is episode six. We're going to talk about mulches, all the kinds of things that you can put on top of your garden to keep in soil moisture and to feed the soil from the top. But first, let's hear from a couple of master composters. My name is Heike. I'm a physician at Harborview, and um, in my spare time, I kitchen garden, and so I'd like to perfect my composting technique, that's why I'm here.
1: Well, my name's Patrick White. Um, I hated gardening, um, but then I retired from education, being a school administrator and teaching in university. And uh, I suddenly had this big garden, and I had a lot of time on my hands, so I got very curious. And uh, it's just grown on me, literally. And working out in the open is very conducive to thinking and having a nice time.
0: Now on to the main course, mulches.
1: Here, we'll just bring these all.
0: Graham Goldbuff pulls down a box from the Seattle Tilth Garden Shed. The box is full of tiny containers. Okay, we have here several plastic containers, each containing a different kind of mulch or something you would buy at a nursery, like there's big bark mulch but there's also steer co there's beauty grow a whole bunch of these products that you see in the nursery and you don't know what they are and then we have some finished yard compost can we open some of these up and talk about them
1: absolutely yeah so we've got um these are just kind of the demonstrations of different types of compost that's on the market or um kind of the difference of um compost that you can make yourself i should probably leave these out here so i know what i'm looking at um so the first one Cedar Grove Compost that's the big municipal
0: compost that we have here in Seattle.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um Cedar Grove Organics is the company that when your food and yard waste is picked up at your house it um goes out to their processing plants in Everett or Maple Valley and they turn it into a a really quality co- um compost that you can buy at nurseries or directly from them. Um and they process everything from Seattle all over the East side. even parts of Portland have their material up to Cedar Grove. So um, what we're getting is recycled directly back to us.
0: Let's compare that with our own yard waste compost and sort of look at the difference and talk about the differences. So this is finished yard waste compost, so what you would do
1: if you composted in your backyard, right? Precisely. Um, so, we let's see what we see we see a lot of differences actually i think some things might have been added to this yard waste compost but um and i think some things to the cedar grove as well but uh, i'd say the primary difference is color um cedar grove is getting a mixture of yard and food waste and um food waste is real high in nitrogen content and it's um, in a, I don't know if you could say it's more organic than yard waste, but it's uh, it's certainly a lot denser and a lot richer. And that's a huge part of the reason why we're getting something so uh, dark in the Cedar Grove. Whereas uh, the yard waste compost that we're looking at, um, this is something that we made here at Seattle Tilth probably within the past year or so. And we're, ju- we're not putting in any food waste into there. So um, this probably came from things like fall leaves or hay and... Um, No grass clippings even in here, probably um, a lot of trimmings from vegetable plants or grasses. Um, And and, so the cedar grove
0: compost is almost black, and the yard waste compost that we made is just, it's a very nice dark brown, but it's not black.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um,
0: And it's also got much larger materials in it. because it's it hasn't been screened or it, or or what's why why is that what's the difference in the process here that lends these to look so different?
1: That's a huge part of it as well. Um, so Cedar Grove is very actively managing their compost. They are continually monitoring the temperature. It's getting up to. They're continually continually monitoring the moisture content and adjusting those things as necessary. Um, as you guys will learn, those two those are two key ingredients in getting. Uh, you know, at least speedy compost, but everything will decompose over time. Whereas at Tilth, um, we might have been monitoring it somewhat actively, but we're not near the level of sophistication that Cedar Grove is. Um, We can't get our piles nearly as hot. We're subject to much more fluctuation um, in moisture content, um, and we just have less control than they do overall. So um, we're not able to get as, you know, we're not able to get as, or, or, or the product we get in the end is much more of a coin toss somewhat. Still good, but we can't uh, necessarily dial in our results. And also, yeah, Cedar Grove is screening their compost with a real, you know, fine-gauge screen. Getting their particle sizes really small. That's actually one thing a lot of people don't like about Cedar Grove is that um, particles are so small that when it becomes wet, it kind of gets like that clay soil. It clumps up and bunches up and dries out just like a clay does, whereas... Our yard waste compost is a little bit lighter, a little bit less dense. It's got bigger pieces of sticks and things to break it up.
0: How do they make sure that there's not like pressure treated wood going into these things and stuff like that?
1: Uh, so Cedar Grove is certified organic, and they have um, Washington State Department of Agriculture come out and test for pesticide residues and um, you know just other toxins that may be in there. Um, they also um, weed seeds are a huge concern, but um, and they, that's actually been problematic for cedar grove in past years where um, there would be weed seeds or there would be residues of certain products. But um, they're getting it up to temperatures now that um, render those, you know, those problematic elements <laughs> benign in some ways. They're cooking the weed seeds and uh, pesticide residues to some level all the way down um, or to, to non-existent or non-harmful levels.
0: And so they're, they're turning the compost Regularly, and they've got big thermometers in there, and they're making sure that the compost pile exceeds that 100, 150 degree mark where seeds are, are killed.
1: Yeah, they're, Cedar Grove's cooking their stuff at about 180 degrees Fahrenheit, so they're going even more than that. They're also forcing air through the pile continually, um, which as which is even, it's, I mean, they're kind of turning it in some ways when they move the pile, but they're also uh, you know, that's, that's an even more effective and less energy-intensive ways because they've got big piles to turn. So if they just push some air through it, that's, uh, that does it just as well, and they can do that on a continual basis as opposed to being intermittent and um, just really control that composting process and, and watch it and adapt accordingly when the need is there.
0: Graham points to another container. Its label reads, Beauty Grow. But just looking at it, it oh. looks
1: like aged composted bark or something. It's composted bark and manure. Like what? cow manure or something? Mm-hmm. Precisely. Um, and then composted and turn into, I mean, what? at least in my thumbing through it, I've never actually worked with it in my garden, but um, what looks like a real nice soil amendment or mulch, it's, um, it's kind of lighter and fluffier than Cedar Grove is. It's um, got a good amount of... Uh, uh, particle size variation so there's still you know you can still see some pieces of the bark but um it's light and fluffy at the same time and easy to work with and I think it kind of looks nice as opposed to the solid black um looks more you know it kind of looks more like a forest soil really than a uh than cedar grove does.
0: What else do we have here? Here's Mm steerco. Steerco looks kind of like the beauty grow, doesn't it?
1: Yes, and it, they're not too different. Um steerco is sawdust and manure compost together. And that's made somewhere north of the city and and can be purchased at most garden centers and various gardeners have different opinions about it. It's uh because it's sawdust, we um we're not really seeing this the particle size variation. It's it's all light and fluffy and um wondering what's a good i mean it, it kind of it, it feels a lot more like sawdust than any of these other um, any of these other amendments do and as a mulch that means that
0: it would be more prone to compact when it gets rained on and stuff um
1: because it's sawdust is that uh, not necessarily cuz it doesn't have the variation in particle size yeah 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 exactly um i feel uh, of all these that we've looked at the beauty grow the steer co and the cedar grove. I feel like the cedar grove because it is the cedar groves actually uh, of the particle size. The cedar groves has got the smallest particle. So I feel like that would compact the most as a mulch. This would probably be second this being the steerco and then the beauty grow um I don't see that compacting all that much. There's some still real big pieces of wood in there.
0: So the cedar grove, just looking at it, we know it's the. it seems to be the highest in organic content, so it's in some ways the richest, but you might not want to use it as a mulch in and of itself on top of your garden. So it'd be great for working in, but less great just as a bare mulch.
1: That's my opinion. Um, people... You know, people definitely do use it as a mulch, and you can get a lot of good stuff out of it as a mulch. But, I, I mean, for me personally, I don't really like the way it looks as a mulch, so that's why I wouldn't use it. But, yeah, it's more prone to compaction, and it's uh, um, you know, it's a fine particle mulch so it could blow away. It's not blocking it. I mean, unless you really pile it on, it would be easy for weeds to grow through or to even get established in. I, think, I don't think cedar grove makes the best mulch personally, but it's a great thing to work into your soil. So,
0: in each of these mulches that we've looked at so far, Mm -hmm. they're essentially compost. I mean, um, they've got, they were made using a carbon source, like wood chips or something, and a nitrogen source, like, um, you know, some form of manure. And then they were composted. But there are other mulches, um, like uh, this bark mulch, which is just a carbon. It's these big, almost not plate sized,
1: not saucer sized, you describe them as candy bar sized yeah that's exactly what they are and um so yeah i think I think that's a great point you made you know mulch compost not super different they're real, i mean they're what they both are compost and mulch they're both things that are based in organic materials um, compost is something that's been a little bit more decomposed and a little bit more processed, and usually people you know when they think of a compost it's something they're working into their soil whereas mulch is um has maybe some more aesthetic properties that people might like, and it's for putting on top of your soil. But um, they're both feeding the soil, they're both protecting the soil, and they're both accomplishing a lot of um, very like goals. Um, So anyhow, these bark nuggets that we're looking at, or what does it say, just large bark mulch, I always call them. Beauty bark. Beauty bark, yeah. Um, So imagine I've got these all stacked up in kind of a lattice work type thing as they imagine my hand right here is the that's holding them is the soil layer and it's being mulched on top um you know you don't have you've got these big gaps in between it that um you know air is able to move through and um it's going to protect the soil from compaction as i'm pressing it on top but also you know that's a more it's a bigger space for a weed to move through or a weed seed to fall into um and get down to the soil and possibly germinate um it's also, you know, because it is all one material, you might have some organisms that, you know, don't like this material and would not be attracted to it. Whereas in a, you know, if you're mulching with arborist chips or a compost or something, you've got a variety of materials in there, um, which is going to be more attractive to a larger array of organisms that most of which are probably beneficial to your garden. So, um, that, yeah, I, I would, you know, the mulches like this that are all one thing—they're really for gardeners who want to look in their garden, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. And the, um, you know, and these, you know, these will accomplish a lot of what you're looking for in mulches. But I think, I, I mean, as far as a mulch on top of your garden goes, I think arborist chips are for sure the way to go. Um, now, because because this beauty bark is
0: not a composted material, it's pretty much all carbon, right? It's got very low nitrogen content so what does that mean in terms of can that create problems i've heard about you know if you dig wood into the soil you can tie up the nitrogen in the soil because carbon and nitrogen want to join together to break down things and if you add just carbon to the soil i mean you
1: wouldn't want to do that in a vegetable garden right you could maybe get away with it in a perennial bed but you're exactly right um you know what you're depending on what you're trying to grow you're going to want to put in some consideration of what you're mulching with Um, and you described it perfectly kind of the rule of thumb that we say is woody mulches for woody plants and non-woody mulches for non-woody plants so um yeah so mulching your um you know mulching your vegetable bed with these you know big bark chips not the best idea because you're exactly right. The nitrogen in the soil is going to want to pair up with these car, this carbon in these in these wood chips, which are like entirely carbon, um, and decompose them over time. And what that's going to do is create a competition between, um, you know, these bark nuggets and your veggies, which need the nitrogen in a lot of way, and it will deprive them somewhat. Whereas if you give if you're composting with something, or if you're mulching, excuse me, your vegetable beds with something that's more decomposed, that, you know, it's not going to be fighting for that nitrogen and a lot more will be available to your veggies so you can get nice, beautiful tomatoes in August. Um, that's the nice thing about arborist chips is arborist chips have got a lot of green material in them in some ways. And so they are, while they are a woody mulch, they're they're much less woody than uh you know, than these bark nuggets are, which is why I, I love arborist chips, I'll say that, and they're free, <laughs> if you don't have to wait six years, <laughs> or yeah. however so long.
0: So arborist chips are when the, you know, a tree surgeon or whatever takes a limb off a tree and runs it through a wood chipper, basically. Precisely. And so, it's got leaves, it, depending on when it's done in
1: the season, it can have leaves and buds and needles and, and um, cones of plants, it can have straight up limbs of You know, limbs of trees, branches, and things like that, which is, you know, nice, big, just smaller pieces of bark nuggets, essentially. Um, So it's got a whole array of stuff in there. Um, Different particle size, different materials in there, and um, it's just a great, um, it's kind of a great cover all your bases for a mulch, as far as I'm concerned, or
0: (laughs) in my opinion. And you never really know what you're going to get with arborist chips. You kind of got to watch out and make sure that you're not getting a batch that's full of laurel, Right, because laurel can have the, uh, oh, what do you call it, the thing that prevents some other plants from growing? Cap-cap-
1: I can never say the word, but capa- yeah, laurel can be, you're definitely right. You don't totally know what you're getting in arborist chips, but I'd say that's easily redeemed. I mean, there's a lot of resources that you know can tell you about the various arborists in town, and as far as their practices go, also many of them are pretty transparent companies and If you call them up and ask what 's in there, and you know maybe you've worked with an arborist yourself, and you're generally I would say if're there's an arborist you like and feel inclined towards their pro- you know their arborist chip product is probably safe to go with <laughs> I just call
0: them and say, "Can you bring me over some wood chips as long as you're just not chipping laurels all day I'll take it you know yeah. That's that's what you would do. One time I ordered a batch of wood chips, and they had done a bunch of cherry trees. And I had the most wonderful smell of, uh, like, cherries in my perennial beds for, like, several months. It was wonderful.
1: I can imagine. There's, you know, there's that cut grass smell that people like. I like that. Maybe it's the Northwesterner or Forester in me, but I like that cut tree smell. You know, be it cherries, be it pine, be it whatever. Or not pine, but evergreen trees, um, evergreen conifers. So yeah, (laughs) wood chips smell great.
0: Now a lot of wood chips can slowly acidify your soil because of all the evergreens that they sometimes contain. Uh, If people regularly use, uh, you know, acidic mulches in in their perennial beds, do they need to, you know, add lime or something to balance it?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you'll find that the native soils in the northwest are fairly acidic and that's because we have a lot of big trees that are decomposing over time so if we're kind of recreating that by throwing you know scattering trees that have been chopped up into our gardens we are going to get a more acidic soil over time um and lime is a great way to take care of that i'd say a safe bet for liming for um this is fairly universally true for lawns gardens whatever if you lime if you're in western washington and the pacific north maritime pacific northwest um and, you know, you've got, I'd say get your soil test, look at what they recommend for liming, but a good, good sort of rule of thumb is at least once every two years, at least think about liming. You might not need to do it every two years, you might need, you might want to wait a year or something, but I'd say at least check in. You can, you don't necessarily have to do a uh, a whole soil test, you can just go get a pH uh, test and do a Quick soil test and find out if your soil is super acidic or not. That's what I mean by thinking about liming. You're really thinking about your pH.
0: There's one more container. So, so this container here, finished food waste compost. It's, it's. Uh, this is also a backyard product.
1: Yeah, this was something. Um, so this came out of uh, a worm bin that we managed here at Seattle Tilth and that um, you know we bring around to show folks and. Uh, a worm bin is one of a handful of ways to compost your food waste. And we composted our, um, you know, we spent a year composting our food scraps in the office and we got this nice compost, Uh, (laughs) but it's very, very dark. It's almost like, it's as dark as the Cedar Grove compost. Pretty much. Um, it's, you know, there's still some bigger pieces in there. There's some eggshells, which worm bins won't really take care of. And there, oh, there's a piece of gravel, um, a pu- couple pumpkin seeds or squash seeds, something from that family at least. So it's not, a worm bin's not cooking it down quite to the level that Cedar Grove is, so it looks a little bit less uniform, but it is real dark. I mean, it's all food. It's all really um, rich material that was in, um, you know, that was in this uh, worm bin and was composting. So, you know, wh- one thing that
0: looks very different about this uh-huh. is when you look at this actual soil Particles in your hand, they are. There, it's totally granular. I mean, you can see little squiggly. It's worm poop, isn't it?
1: Yep, that's that's what it is. It's worm castings, and, um. You know, it's kind of it's it's a bit on that manure side in a lot of ways. It feels a little less airy. It feels a little denser than. than your Cedar Grove does, or really than any of these products do. Because it's, I mean, in effect, it's concentrated worm poo, cut a little bit with some carbon and other materials, but... um, Now, when the food... Oh, where did you find the Worm. When the food passes
0: through a worm's gut, the worm kind of binds it with a little bit of slime, right? That creates a kind of particle structure that approaches the best
1: soil structure that we want to attain in our garden, right? Definitely. Um, So the worm digestive tract is kind of cool. They sort of have a modified gizzard. They ingest some mineral particle from the soil and pass it through and then poo out their little castings. And, um, you know, it's real nutrient rich. It's real dense. And like you were saying, this is, I mean, gardeners love worm castings. Um, It's just a great, great soil amendment, great homemade soil amendment that you don't necessarily need to Pay money for um, it's got you know because it's not being cooked at high temperatures like uh, you know like uh, Cedar Grove or something like that. It's um, it's a little bit more alive. It's a little bit more fertile um, and garden. Yeah, gardeners just love this stuff. It's great. Um, so you got a whole bunch of them here. You can never get rid of all the worms, I guess. <laughs> when you harvest the compost, and the worms don't hurt the garden
0: either, no, of course. Okay, Graham, thanks for meeting with me here today to talk about all these different mulch types.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's fun to get our hands in the dirt, I think.